0: Jesus's first words in the Gospel of Mark are mysterious. This is the time of fulfillment. What does that mean? With these words, Jesus is summing up the entire history of humanity, the hinge point of which is his passion, death, and resurrection, as Peter reminds us in the second reading. With these words, Jesus brings the world into a new age. First was the age of creation when humanity lived in unbroken communion with God. This ended with original sin, driving Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden and into the desert of fallen human nature. Thus began the second age, the Age of Promise. God promised Adam and Eve that he would send a Savior, a holy king, to free the human family from domination by the devil that their sin had caused. In this age, God slowly prepared the world through the education of his chosen people, Israel, for the arrival of their Savior and King, Jesus Christ. When Jesus did arrive, it was the time of fulfillment, the fulfillment of God's promise to send a Savior. In this third and final period of human history, God enters time and space to rescue it from sin and destruction. He does this through his incarnation, which is extended through all time and space through the life of his church. The end of this third age will yield the new heaven and earth, the end of the kingdom's beginning, and the beginning of its maturity. Lent is a time to focus on essentials, and nothing is more essential in a world obsessed with stock markets, political polls, and movie stars then remembering where we came from and where we are going. One advantage of living in the time of fulfillment is that we can store our treasures in heaven. Because God's grace has made us his adopted children, all our prayers and good actions have eternal value. Jesus promised he would reward them all, not forgetting even the smallest act of kindness done in his name. I found a story about a family that suffered during the Bosnian War in the 1990s. Before the war, the Melkatch family lived next to a small lake in the village of Jezero. One day in 1990, the dad returned from a trip to Austria with an unusual gift for his teenage sons, an aquarium with two goldfish. Two years passed and then Serb forces advanced on Jezero. As the women and children fled, the men stayed back to fight, and the father, Samo, was killed. Later, his wife returned to the destroyed village to bury her husband and rescue what belongings she could. She let the two goldfish out into the nearby lake, saying, maybe they'll be luckier than us. Five years later, the family returned. Nothing but ruins remained of their home and village. Through misty eyes, she looked towards the lake. Seeing something strange, she walked over to the shore. The whole lake was shining from the thousands of golden fish in it, she said. It made me immediately think of my husband. This was something he left me that I never hoped for. During the war, life underwater had flourished. After their return, the family began caring for and selling the goldfish, and soon it became a thriving family business. Jesus Christ's grace makes our prayers and good deeds alive, like those goldfish. It makes them multiply and spread beneath the surface of life's struggles and battles. Only when we come home to heaven— Will we see how much good even the smallest one produced? This is the time of fulfillment. Throughout this history lesson, Jesus reminds us of where we came from, and more importantly, where we are going. Eternal life with him in heaven. His following sentence tells us how to get there. Repent and believe in the gospel. These two things should characterize our spiritual lives During Lent. First, repent. Turn away from self-centered and selfish habits. Break them. Jesus eagerly invites us to repent and gives us the perfect way to do so, the sacrament of confession. Jesus invented confession because he knew we would need it. The same devil that tempted Jesus in the desert is still in business luring us into the desert of our consumerist and relativistic culture. Repentance and confession allow God to pour his unconditional mercy into our souls. Our second Lenten exercise is to believe in the gospel. Believing in the gospel means trusting Jesus enough to do his will. It means saying with our decisions, not just our words. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We find his will in the Ten Commandments, the Beatitudes, the teachings of the Church, and the whispers of our conscience. Greed, lust, laziness, impatience, dishonesty, these are anti-gospel values. Believing in the gospel means placing them aside in favor of generosity, faithfulness, responsibility, and patient kindness. This is Jesus Christ's vision for our lives, which he will help us live out if we give him the chance. In this Mass, he is coming again to fill our hearts with the strength that filled his heart, strength that gave him victory over temptation, sin, and evil. As we continue this Mass, let's thank him for allowing us to live in the time of fulfillment, asking him to. Help us repent and believe in the gospel.